It's uh, I've never plugged a microphone into Zoom before. Oh, really? It sounds pretty yeah. good. It sounds better than, you know, usual. Yeah. That's yeah. the cleanest Zoom audio <laughs> of any. Like with the mom, I'll be like, hey, I have a a five-year-old who's going to try to barge in every three minutes. Yeah. Um, He's in the room. (laughs) How's it going? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, Devin Williams, the the great singer-songwriter. And uh, let's just get into it, man. Where, where, Where are you right now? We are, I'm with my family, my wife and my daughter and my dog, and we're in, in Copenhagen. Oh, cool. Denmark. How, how'd you end up there? Um, we, um, we, ah, it's complicated. Um, we were, we live in LA and, um, over the summer we, you know, everyone was indoors, um, you know, locked at home and, right. um, you know, it was really hot and it was, and our daughter couldn't, you know, we couldn't play with other kids. And, you know, I was, I was like feeling antisocial, I think, but, um, we, we sort of decided that my wife's family is here in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. So we decided to come here and like, um, the, the cases were, it's not a very interesting answer, but the cases, the cases were much, much lower okay. and, and this this government this society's policy is that kids should be kids right and kids should be allowed to play with each other and kids aren't required to wear masks up until age of 10 and so um we just were like let's go and give that a shot yeah is what is so, the general vibe over there is it like america where people are like fuck you i'm not wearing a fucking mask like bob it's like okay it's kind of aggressive over here no. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a cultural expert, but I, okay. I feel like there's just, there's a society here that functions as a whole. Um, that's like the thing about, you know, Denmark. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so they, people are, people go, oh, this is for the greater good. Cool. And so they, they listen, they have like a, um, I wouldn't say authority, but they listen to their experts. And they go, oh, okay. And this is like when Trump was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, and so at he, large, he was yeah. like, you have misinformation, and so people here just go, okay, that's the rule. That sucks. Yeah. But okay, we'll we'll stand side. And so we've actually been on lockdown since Christmas. Wow. Um, and so like grocery stores are open and like takeouts open, but like I've just like never in my life been so excited to go to a museum. Totally. To to a museum. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So how long do you think you'll stay there just until the end of the pandemic or you're liking the vibe? I don't know. I'm like, I'm born and raised in LA. And so I, right. I miss LA and I miss like my, my family and my friends there, but there's, there's something like wholesome happening here right? Um, in this country where they, they like value um, a work-life balance is like very healthy. And so I really like, it's something I'm not used to. I'm used to like where you're from LA born and raised. I, I'm or? born. I'm in Santa Barbara, just a little North of LA. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, even California, like the vibe is like hustle, um, and busy and, and like distraction. And, and that's like who I, I am, like how I was grown. Yeah. And so I feel like being here, I'm just like, wait, I don't understand. And so I'm like, be, I feel like I'm either going to become a different person or, <laughs> 
I'm just going to be like, I hate it here. I'm going to become totally. a Kardashian. <laughs> There's something nice, too, like, about being around family. Like, no, it's like, I, I, I saw this on another show, but, like, this idea that we're supposed to, like, there's pride in raising your kids by yourself. It's like we're like the first iteration of humans yeah. to like do that. Like usually there's a tribe, of fam- you, you, there's a big tribe, and everyone takes care of each other. But for some reason, in the last I don't know how many years, like maybe how many decades, that's been like no, it's like prideful to be able to take care of your kids yourself, which that's not true. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I, it's hard. It's hard to know like what's right. You know, um, I think. I mean, I obviously think my daughter is. She's a okay, right. and I I think world of her. So I think like oh she's turning out fine. So I think I think what we're doing is is working. But yeah, I think you know people shouldn't be people shouldn't be with each other twenty four seven. People right. shouldn't be like like a child should not be. I don't I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Well, you like, know, I, think, I want her to experience things. You know, right, I want her right. to get out of the world and do stuff. Yeah, well, the idea of fatherhood as I'm getting older is just becoming more and more of a reality. Can you talk a little bit about fatherhood in the realms of like being in a band and and trying to still make records? Because I'm trying to wrap my head around trying to balancing my my rock and quote unquote rock and roll life with right. fatherhood. I think like and not to be too like on the nose, but like I think that's what this my last record was about. Okay, um, it was because she was born in 2015 and. And that's sort of like where this album came from because, you know, we, you, I, um, people like us, like we sort of like daydream about music and like have this idea of like my music, my EP, my, right, yeah. What's like, next? I talk, <laughs> like I also like my friend Alan and I, we talk in these terms of like my next record, but like truth is probably like 20 people care about my next record. Like yeah, yeah. we just like live in these fantasies, you know? And that's just, I mean, that's just how I was conditioned. Like I grew up listening to music. I still buy records all the time. And so I'm just like, I think that's my language of, of, of talking about music. And so anyway, for this record, it just like came, I just like had to, I think I just like felt this pull between the, the, like the daydream and the, the reality check. Like, like I'd love, I'd love to just like chill at home and, and like write songs all day. But then first it's like, well then who, like what, what are you for a contributor for society? And then it's also like, you know, I I wanted to have a kid. And so we have a kid and and it's like, Oh, do I really want to like go hide away in a room and like not be a part of that? So it's like, it's this constant thing. It's a, it's a balance. Um, Yeah. And then, and then, um, you know, something also interesting sort of was, when my, my, my dad passed away, which was like a, like a, like right before this record came out there, there's like this sense of, like I saw my relationship with my daughter through my own relationship with my father. We had a, we had a great relationship. And, and so everything is like, I'm trying, I try not to be too like, like out of body experience looking at it, but sometimes you're just like, sometimes you're just like, I'm with my daughter. And I'm just like, this is a great moment that you'll remember forever. It's like, right. you don't yeah. like need to, yeah. you, you don't need to think like that all the time. And so it gets kind of like, wait, what am I doing? I need to zap. I need do to you, zap into the moment. Do you feel like you understand your parents more now that you are a parent? Uh, 
No, but there is that thing. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I know. Oh, like, oh, I, that's I, why they did this. That's why they acted this way when I did that. And like, oh, okay. Maybe I wasn't just staying out past curfew. I could potentially have been hurt. And that's what yeah. they're scared of. Like, I don't think I'm there yet, but like, I definitely, I have that thing of, of, oh, they're just like people. They're just, yeah. they're just like these normal people that, you know, had a kid and like we hold our parents or these people up on a pedestal, but they're just like, they're just like trying to figure things out. And so yeah. I sometimes think about like, you know, when, it, when you're a kid and you look at your parents, you're like, you think everything's about this family world. And I sometimes think about like, man, how much stuff were like my mom and my dad going through at this time when I, all I cared about was like Ninja Turtles or whatever. Totally. And it's, that's like, I don't know. That's life. <laughs> so you, you, you were born and raised in LA. What part of LA were you living in? I was, uh, I was born in Westchester or yeah, Westchester. Um, and I lived there until I moved to Hollywood. Hmm. Um, I started, I mean, I, I moved around to go to school and like, and that yeah. stuff, but my, my permanent residence has always been like LA or yeah. Yeah. And how have you seen like the different, how have you seen LA change and grow? If you, if you've been there so long, at least like trying to start a band to that when the pay to play movement was like taking over. And now I feel like we've gotten past that. And like, how have you seen it? How have you seen it change? I mean, I'm such a really bad, like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, all I can think of is, is where did my- you play? Yeah. Where did you play when you were younger? I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm sort of older. I mean, I'm, I'm almost 40 now. Um, yeah. and I'm like, like the places, well, first of all, I think you can play at any place. Like right. I much prefer, like I much prefer, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I much <laughs> prefer, I like have to be really careful cause I have like no filter sometimes and I have That's to remember okay. not to make people mad, but I like, I'll play anywhere. And I like really don't like, um, venues that are like, like, like you say, like pay to play or like, right. what's your draw? What's your following? Like that is my like antithesis. So, you know, places like, what are they called? Uh, Spaceland. What's that called? Oh satellite. yeah. The satellite. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like, yeah. To me, that's like, that was like the epitome of like, that's not for me. Yeah. That's like, I think uh, like I'd much rather play like, you know, a place like ham and eggs or whatever. In oh Dallas, yeah. Where it's just like, like, let's just like, let's just play music and, or like love, love song bar. I don't know if you know, but like mm-hmm. just like little places where you can just like, just like do your thing. But so growing up, I, I think I also had that up. Like one of my first shows that I ever played was like in a, in a like place in Westchester called the coffee cat, cool. which is which is like a, like a cat name yeah. cafe. And so, um, venues. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about like the city, like we live in, we lived in Highland Park and that's a place I've been like recording music since I was like 17. Oh, wow. And so, so like I'm 39. So that's like kind of a long time. And, and I do see how much, you know, it's changed. There's like so many coffee shops in Highland right. Park. How many and coffee like, shops does that area need? Really? Yeah. It's like, you, yeah, you just need like one place to get a coffee. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, yeah, you actually like just need a coffee that's like a non pretentious, like you're better off getting coffee at like McDonald's than you are at like, 
Seriously, it's cheaper, uh, and uh, you know, caf- they had Cafe de Leche, and now there's like a million of those places. Yeah, not, not that exact same brand, but like I, you know, you go on Figueroa, every other freaking stop is a coffee place. Yeah, what is? Yeah, it's and it's and you're then you're just like, oh my god, where do where can I get coffee? Like yeah. so many places, and I and, mean, don't get, yeah. And also, I see so many empty store, like random stores. I'm like, who shops here? But it's all nice. It looks beautiful, like nice clothes, and it's all like very curated and very stylized. But I'm just like, I would never fucking yeah. shop here. I don't think any of the people who live in this neighborhood would honestly shop here. Like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, it's a beautiful storefront, but like, yeah. How many jump? How many jumpsuit options do we need <laughs> in a different color? But like I, I appreciate to a, an extent like the entrepreneurship of right. of like there's a storefront let's do that let's go blow up. but then it's just you you do have to think like does this world need does the world need me yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean like like me and my wife sometimes go like what is the like what's the big picture is the big picture to like start a business and like or to be your own boss or whatever and then we're like. Well, if we did start a business, like, what is our business? Yeah. And we're just like, if you have to wonder what your business is, you probably shouldn't start a business because you're not offering anything. You're just filling up a business. So, yeah, you know. And honestly, being in a band uh, is like starting a business, like in the worst way, if you think of it in, in that it's way. The like, it's the worst way to think about that. But like, and it's, it's, it's like, oh, you don't make a lot of money. <laughs> It's a traveling business. You have to like, you know, it's like a sideshow. And we're just like there trying to sell door to door, venue to venue. Like, here's my product. Do you like it? And then, you know. That, I mean, that is the, it is the worst. Like, yeah. I have a friend, a friend we were talking about, like, um, he's an artist. And, and I was talking to him about like a, uh, doing an independent release or a self-release and and we were just going back and forth about it. And he was just like, he's like this, like the music business is made now for musicians, not for music listeners. You know what I right. mean? Like, and that to me, I was just like, Oh man, he's so right. Like I'm just, uh, it's, it's pretty bad. So sometimes I'm just like, maybe you just record music and just like hang on to it for a minute. Cause like now it's like, I'm not trying to be like, it's a bad time for the music industry. Cause I just like, don't care about that. Right. But I think like, I don't want to like, I don't want to like pimp my music. I don't want to make a Facebook's like Instagram story. Right. Like I don't want to do like any of that. Yeah. Like I can't, I cannot keep up. Like, you know, what did you, what, when you were a kid, what did you think being in a band was supposed to be about? I thought Chris Cohen asked me this question. And now I think about it all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, what did I think this was going to be? Because it's not what it is. Yeah, I. Uh, I think it. I mean, I think it's just like this glorified. Sense of like. I don't I don't know if this is true. So let's just start here. I think okay. it's just like, you're playing music and people are listening to you. Right. Like, that's what I thought it was. Like when I, like when I first like was like, Oh music, it was because I liked like poison and guns and roses. And like, and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then, and then, it, it, and then obviously like your idea changes and I went on tour when I'm 17 and I'm just like, Oh, this is cool. Like touring is cool yeah. and writing music is cool. Um, but I think it's different now. Like, Playing music is and, and being a musician is like 
is like a different thing now. Like everybody's like, everybody thinks you got to be like a, like a, like a, a thing, like a social media, like, yeah, you have to, you have to be heavy on the social media. You have to create content, yeah. which is a word I've been talking a lot about in this podcast, like right. content versus art. What is it? What's the differences? Like, yeah. Like I can't, I, I'm not like, I can't provide content. Like yeah. I just, like, I can't, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I'm really bad at tr- like trying too hard and I'm just like, Oh, if I try to do anything, it's just going to be trying too hard. Um, so I just don't do anything at all. Man, so you went on. And that's working out really well for me. <laughs> so you went on tour. Your first tour when you were seventeen was it your project, or were you just playing guitar for? Yeah, someone it was else? my. It was my band when I was seventeen, and it was a punk band. And yeah, we went on tour, and it was. How no, far was did 18. you go? No, oh, sorry, I was, I was I was eighteen, um, and so it was right after like high school, and we went around the country, and it was cool. Like I, wow, it was cool. I, it was the first time I had left. Not the first time I left, but it was it was the first time I had seen the country, and I I thought it was really cool. Yeah, that must have been mind blowing, man. I didn't really yeah. start touring until I was like twenty or twenty one, and even then, I felt like I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> like, yeah, like, the first tour was like it was like pretty well put together, and then every tour after that was like it fell further and further apart until like I'm sure like my last tour, which was probably like the most shambled tour of like, which what, I don't. I don't even, what happened? What happened on that tour? That's the thing. I don't know anything specific about. It. I just know that probably each tour has gotten progressive. Yeah, totally. But, but I also like I'm really stubborn, and I'm just like mm. that was great. I'm gonna do it again. Totally. What um, makes it? What makes like a successful tour in your eyes? Oh man, I. I think it's. I mean, the boring answer is like probably to reach as many people as possible and, and, you know, break even. Right. But for me, I think like I would be happy on a tour where um, like some of my favorite tours were again, like with, with like very close friends who are just like, sure. I'll go on tour with you for a month for free. Yeah. Um, and then, and I'm like, I promise we'll split whatever money we make. And so I've had like very, very close friends and, and some not close friends, like go on tour with me. And that to me is, has have been the best experiences right. where like where you know i've traveled with my best friend alan and like and you know we we just go like on walks before the show or like get a beer after the show and like or like crash somewhere that we don't know and it's like really fun to you know just talk on someone's couch all night um like i guess like having those like stories and experiences like like one night i went so we we're in pennsylvania alan and i like and these kids were like, we're going to put on a show for you in our living room. And so they, yeah. put on a, they put on a show and it was very nice of them. And there was like seven, eight people there. And, and then those seven, eight people wanted to like party and drink and stuff. And so um, I'm like sort of a downer. I was just like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And they're like, fine, go sleep on this couch. And so, and then my friend Alan was like, I think one of the guys is kind of hot. So I'm going to stay up and party with the guys. Yeah. And like, you know, just hang, cause I think it's fun. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I went to bed and I remember like I woke up in the, in the middle of the night and Alan was just like puking all over me. Oh, no. And I was, and he's like, like, he's my guy. And so I was yeah. just like, Oh man, are you okay? And he's just like, oh. and like, and then obviously he just like went to bed and, and I was just like, good night, Alan. And then I, 
I just remember like getting the sleeping bag, putting in the water. It was like, but in retrospect, I don't even think he really apologized. But um, yeah, that that was a good story. That, so know, that made that tour good. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking about too the other day. Like when I think back on good tours, I don't ever like or if i bring up a memory to my band i don't bring up remember that show remember that song how good that song was it was always like remember when we stopped at that random diner and like yeah it got held gunpoint or like remember when the van broke down like it's always those stories where either where they were bad in the moment but funny later versus the moments that were great in the moment and then you know i don't really think of back on the sets oh what a great set i remember everything yeah, that so, happened that set. so maybe we're Maybe you and I are bad musicians, not musicians, <laughs> but we're, we're bad, um, content providers. Right. Right. Cause yeah. we're, we're just like, I mean, obviously I love playing music, but, but also I'm like, I can do that. I can play music. That's at fun. Home. Yeah, I can yeah, play music. Totally. yeah. But it's like going out there. Um, and also I'm like a goofster. So I like yeah. things that I like and remember are like when things are like, silly and stupid and yeah and totally like, yeah. yeah so i always ask people this but what's what's your role on tour do you are you the driver are you passenger seat are you in the back taking a nap that's usually the, the no i think i'm like the control freak controlling like um contrarian and i'm also oh. like i don't know maybe the, tell me if this is the same for you but is there always <laughs> is there uh, and this is like not okay <laughs> but isn't there always someone on tour who's like the like the enemy or, or like or like the bad guy where or like the punching bag or like the oh man we got to get rid of you know <laughs> i definitely i definitely have had tours like that where it's like yeah. um you know yeah there's always one person who feels a little out but then it doesn't last long because it's like after that tour it's like i don't know if i could do another one with that guy and then you get like a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but then I think I also think like that, and then you go like the next tour is going to be so much better because you know Wayne's not going to be there, yeah, and the, yeah, the music yeah. is going to be so much amazing. But oh my god, I mean, come come to think of it, sorry. Once I'm talking about experiences, like the one of the last tours that we did with like um, after we did uh, the album Euphoria, which is the same tour I met yeah. my my. Um, that was like me, Wayne, Bill, Marty, and Johnny. Like that was the best. That was the best tour. Yeah, and where all the was, personalities clicked. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, for me, um, but but there were like those were the times where like the music was right for us. Like in that in that like release, mm. you know, like where we all felt like. Kind of like, oh, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, it's that moment of tension where you're like, as an artist, where you're like, oh, I don't want to say that. Um, but it, it just felt right. Like the music felt right. And the, the chemistry was like awesome. And then yeah. like the personalities were like, just like off enough that it made everything like a little funny. Like, like Bill would say something to someone at the venue and then we'd sort of get in trouble. And then we're like, oh, that's <laughs> funny. And then, so things like that, like, I have that need in me to like, to just like be a little bit of a contrarian all the time. Right. And so that, the, that group of people was like very much spoke to my, um, my like 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I may have saw you on that tour. Did you play Santa Barbara during, you know, because I love that song, Revelations. And I think that's oh, definitely. Yeah. That's uh, my song. Yeah, yeah. I love that track, man. Like, uh, did I think you played Santa Barbara on that tour. Did you? Or I saw I you on that remember, tour. But I love Santa Barbara. Nice. You guys have the best dog beach. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I forget what it's called, but the dog beach is the best beach. Yeah, you just let them go wild. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I feel like you're oh, doing- did we play with Jacuzzi Boys? Something like that. Or maybe... Did you open for tennis? No, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. Well, either way, I remember yeah. seeing you at that show, and then that's how I became a fan at that show. And here we are. And here we are <laughs> <laughs> on Zoom, on yeah. the internet. Yeah. Finally. Finally. Uh, that's <laughs> can, cool. Can we talk about that record, though? I really love that record. And I really love how big that record sounds like. When did you record it? How did you record it? Why does it sound so big? Do you like making big records? I'm I'm piling on questions. Take your time. I don't, well, it's funny because I was thinking about that record um, today because I was trying to figure out um, – because I'm, like, trying to do this, like, do another, like, live stream thing. And I was like, mm. well, what songs can I play? And so I was thinking about, like, songs I don't play. And then I was listening to a couple songs from that to be like, oh, I haven't played that song in a while. And, and there was – there. I don't know. I didn't record it in any special way. In fact, mm. I think it was like, there were like just a lot of guitar tracks. There was, um, I think I recorded a lot of instruments at home, bass, acoustic, mm. um, recorded the drums in the studio. I think it's just like a matter of like stacking a bunch of stuff and then, you know, somehow like editing it all together. So like things aren't like actually stepping on each other. Um, Cause you know, I wouldn't play like eight guitar tracks at the same time. It would be like eight right. guitar tracks like weaving in and out. Um, you know, Wayne would send me his parts or do his parts. Um, and then like Marty would send me his stuff. And then maybe like one of the things that helped the sound of that record was, well, probably definitely was, were the, the, the mixers of it, mm. um, which was Dave Carswell and John Collins. Um, and so they mostly Dave, like, I think he just like has that touch. So he's a, right. he makes the last couple records and he just like, he just like has, uh, I try not to ask why. Um, <laughs> so you're just sending them. So you're just sending them these massive files and you're like, make something of, sorry, I sent you so many files. And then you're pulling up this massive project folder, like of tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it actually like on the last record got pretty bad where like, I tried to have some method to it. I don't know how you record, but mm-hmm. I like was doing everything on GarageBand because that's just like so simple. So and easy. I, yeah. I just like, Pro Tools, like, I just don't like it. Like, Fucking I just a don't. Headache. Like yeah. And, Such a headache. And so he was like, you need to get Pro Tools. And I was like, I'll get Pro Tools. And so I would do my GarageBand sessions and then bring all the tracks into Pro Tools. <laughs> and then X, and then we were trying to do like a live, sh- like, a, like a shared Pro Tools session. Anyway, we like, he started sending me mixes like a year after I sent him stuff. Maybe not a year, but like we worked on mixes for like three or four years. Wow. And like, and I think he hates me. He probably hates me. He does hate me. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So this last record was, you, you recorded it on GarageBand or are we talking about the, last, the Revelations record? Um, 
I think they're all sort of started on GarageBand. Mm. There's Euphoria gilding the, lily, gilding the Lily and Tearing the Fabric. I think, yeah, I mean, they're all started on GarageBand. Cool. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I totally. also started using Logic because... It's the more mature version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it, though. Like, uh, we did my last record on Logic, and I was like, damn, I should buy a Mac now because I like yeah. GarageBand, but then... For video editing and stuff like that, I moved over to Windows just because they're stronger. I can get a stronger PC for cheaper. And mm. uh, I just, the only option is Pro Tools. There's nothing as nice or as yeah. easy as GarageBand. And I've been looking all over for a Windows comparable DAW and it just sucks. And then I tried to teach myself Pro Tools right at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, this is the year. I had the time to teach myself. And I was like, this sucks. And like, I learned how to video edit quicker than I did Pro Tools. Yeah, I, I've learned. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Like I've learned Avid. Like right, and and I, and Pro Tools is still. I'm just like I'm not messing. I think it's because, and you could you tell me you, but like when I want to record a song, I'm not going to be like, what's the, like what's the cleanest way? Like I just want to like plug in and yeah, and, like, write record. a song. Yeah, and so I found Logic. Do you know Nick Hessler? You're from yeah. You're from, like, okay, so he's like. He's sort of he has surpassed me as far as like technical um like like software understanding instrument like right. sound gear like he has way surpassed me and so I I call him and I'm just like explain logic to me like explain like what's the whatever like how to line up the beats like explain that to me and he tries so hard but I'm just like <laughs> I'm just too dumb but he's the one him and Alan got me into to logic cuz mm -hmm. at least you can share like right. I can now bring the session over and, and record drums with Alan and then and then bring the session back. But I feel like we should do like a logic commercial or something and maybe we'll get like logic. <laughs> they need shirts. to fucking sponsor the podcast. That's what I've been yeah. saying. <laughs> I feel like um the little logo. Yeah. <laughs> I will put it there. If that's what you want, give me a laptop, give me some logic. Yeah. Um you and you and Nick Hessler's a good a good way to go. You guys are like the kings of chorus. The chorus okay. kings. Yeah, I think I have to. I mean, they're okay. So there's the missing trifecta of of like me and Nick is is the Wayne thing. So mm. so here's this is like the quick story. Story is, um, hold on, I'm gonna think really long about how to make this quick story. Um, when I met my buddy Wayne, we were just like it was kind of like that lame thing where you're just like, hey man, do you like the church? And he's like, yeah, you yeah. like the church? Like, yeah, that's like the church. Yeah, honey. Oh, good night. I'm going to say good night to them. Go ahead. Hey, you want to say hi really quick? She wants to say hi really quick. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. Very good. Do I tell, ask him how old he is? How old are you? <laughs> I'm 30. Ask that's how old you are in Danish. Okay. <laughs> I'm five. Oh, you're five. How old are you? Yeah, I should, I should ask. Her. I'm a little snotty because I'm a little sick, but tomorrow I'm going to my grandma's. Oh, very good. Yeah, have fun at your grandma's tomorrow. She has two dogs. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they're called Gabby and Gabby. Gabby and Gabby. Gabby and Gabby. Yeah, they're called Gabby and Gabby. 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 Gabby and
anyway, I thought about, so the story is, um, Wayne and I started playing music together and, and we were just like into the same music. And so we were very chorusy. And then, and then at some point Wayne was too busy to play. And then I started playing with Nick. And so, and then Nick was also very chorusy. And so mm-hmm. we just became the, the chorus the, trio. We just like, yeah. Which is the chorus of course. And so <laughs> now we play together and well, not now because no one plays, but right. like when we, when this all happened, like we were, like we were doing like th- the three guitars in the band, a keyboard, and it was like really fun because it was like, again, you're playing with people you really like and right, making lots of guitar sounds, which is really fun. And having similar sensibilities of how to play with the chorus too. Like if mm-hmm. you're coming from that world of like felt the church, like you kind of <clears> know how to play with it and how to make that nice jangle sound that like sounds so good. Yeah, and I, like, really struggle with it. Sometimes, like, Wayne will still sometimes be like, no, 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 you got to put this pedal before this pedal. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, Oh, shit. yeah. And and he always makes me, like, they're both very much smarter about that stuff, and, like, they're both very clean in their sounds. Like, I'm, I still am, like, always striving to, like, have a clean, like, guitar sound, and I just, like, cannot, I cannot do it. What's, I don't know what's, why. What's currently on your pedal board? What? And and does it? I guess it does matter the order. I guess I've never really thought about my order too much. I th- yeah. I think I always had it as like like um as like the tuner, then into delay, then into chorus. But Wayne was like, no, it's got to be chorus into delay. Mm. Um, and I was doing like I had two chorus pedals, so I was like going chorus chorus, and then I had the jazz chorus amp, and so that I was like running the chorus. So I was Triple just like chorus. way. Yeah, I was way overdoing it, but I just wanted to. Okay, I just yeah. had to do it. Did you? Did you? Did you? Did you think it really cha- it helped with the sound having two different choruses? Would you play them at the same time, or are they two different style of chorus? Uh, I just wanted more chorus. Okay. So I and I didn't want to like turn up the the rate or whatever. Like I yeah. So it was more. I like, wanted to be like the the middle on both, and I wanted to be super chorusy. Mm-hmm. I did. I did notice it was very much like fuller and um very beautiful yeah totally the sound Absolutely. not the plane more of like a stereo kind of chorus sound uh at yeah point. yeah oh was good. that's awesome was good so the church who else did who I mean, else did that, you, yeah who else did you grow up listening to grow i mean i'm the things i grew up listening to are much like yeah yeah but um i mean the things that like have stayed with me like i was thinking about um when i was when i was 17 um this like music sort of mentor um gave bought me like a couple records when i was 17 so i don't remember what year that was like 2000 1998 so that and the records he got me were uh graham parker uh replacements let it be mm-hmm. and like and like uh what was the other one oh uh modern lovers and so mm-hmm. Like that was just like way <laughs> beyond me at that time. Cause I, but, but those are the things that like have sort of stuck with me, you know? Um, but I think what the, like the, the music that sort of like changed the way that I wrote songs, I think came from like when I worked at Amoeba and like when you work at Amoeba, you can like, you have like a, a, a loan book. Right. And you can just borrow anything used. And so at that time I was like, 
I was like making friends with people that like knew so much about music, like my friend Jessica. And like, she would just be like, no, no, you're stupid. You need this go Queens record. And right. I was like, oh. yes, you do. Yeah. And so at that time or like, like cleaners from Venus, like those, those people from Amoeba, like at that time, like just like draw like Vashti Bunyan, Duncan Brown, like all this like different music um, that I didn't, wasn't aware of. Like they, sort of like exposed me to that. And that sort of like, I was like, Oh, like that kind of songwriting. And so that sort of like altered the way I felt about music. And so, and that sort of like has stuck with me since then. And that was like, that was like 2004, almost 20 years ago. How was working at Amoeba? I mean, that was the Amoeba's iconic, the iconic, they're opening up again, their new location. I know. I saw, I was so sad because, um, the, cl- the closing of that store is uh, like, I like you said, I can't, yeah. but like working there was like, um, it's just, it's just kind of like what you think it's going to be like. You, yeah. What's the typical day you clock in then <laughs> and you, you walk in and you're just, you're like surrounded by this, like the great energy of people who love music and people who are like a little bit like employees and, and customers who are just like all oh, a little bit weird and like every, like it's a very personal place, right? Because someone has to come in and be like, do you have a uh, hella good by no doubt? Yeah. And you want to be like, that's a terrible song, but like, <laughs> you can't, like you can't be like that. And so you sort of, you have to be like, I still, ha- I still get anxiety asking at record stores for things. Cause I'm just right. like, I'm just like, Oh my God, this record store person wants to know why I'm asking for like this thing, but maybe that's <laughs> yeah. and, but I, I remember after working at Amoeba, I was like, oh, I can't be so snobby about music because that that's just like, that's so lame. Um, right. But it was it was super fun. Super, super duper fun. Probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. And like, Were there any surprises? Like, oh, I'd never, like, this is far off than what I think I'd like. But then like, because I have someone suggested at Amoeba, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Not really. Like, I'm sort of, like I am, I like melodic music. Like right. I've always liked melodic music. And so there, there are obviously things where people are like, Oh man, you got to get into blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, I'll check it out. And you're just like, I am just like really not into it. Like, yeah. and I, I've at least been like very <clears throat> honest with myself that I'm just like, okay, that's just not, that's just not my thing. Like I'll never yeah. be a Rolling Stones guy. Like, yeah, I don't me think, neither. like, I don't think they're cool. Like obviously they're, they're the Rolling Stones, but like, I'm not like, oh yeah, Mick Jagger, look at him go. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm not like, oh, look at that bluesy riff that they got cooked up. Like, I don't think that's interesting at all. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm so, always, uh, I'm always been more of a uh, the Beatles guy. If you're gonna go that conversation, Beatles versus Stones, uh, I've definitely always been more of a Beatles guy. But I, I get the Rolling Stones, and I have heard some songs that I do like, but not enough to be like, oh yeah, let's dig into this record right now. Like. Yeah. I mean, there are good songs, but yeah, Sam, yeah, Sam is like, yeah. There's well, always that moment too when you hear a song and you're like, "Oh, this is a good song. Who is this?" And you like Shazam it, and you're like, "Oh, fuck, it's the Rolling yeah, Stones." Like, damn it, the Rolling Stones. You're I have like, to oh. admit that I like one of their songs. God yeah. damn it. But it's cool. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna liken it to um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So oh. like the year the year that the replacements played at Coachella, I was like, I gotta go. Like, right. I gotta go. Because I love the replacements. And so 
Um, I remember going and they were like kind of lame mm. at the hotel because um, like Paul Westerberg had like pulled out his back. And so he was like oh. lying down the whole time. And then Billy Joe from Green Day was like singing and it was like mm. really lame. Like I did not come to see this. <laughs> uh, but it still was like, you're like trying to convince yourself like, oh, well, I guess I saw a replacement show. And yeah, like, totally. I guess that's what it is. Um, and so I remember we were, me and my wife and like a couple of friends, we were it like the Red Hot Chili Peppers were headlining and, and I don't, I really don't like them. Mm. And, and I remember they were playing and we're like, let's get out of here. Like, let's just, let's go home. Like, this is it's done. over. The night's over. Yeah, it's yeah. over. Like, and so we're, it was like way across the, um, it was, we we're right next to where they were playing. And we're mm. like, now we have to go all the way across this huge field to get to the parking lot. And I just remember like, it took forever. It took like 25 minutes, but yeah. every song they played was a hit song. Yes. <laughs> and like, and when you're trying to escape Coachella, you end up like having to like, like dance through uh. it. You know, you're just like, you're like, give it away, give it away. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean that, and then now ever since then I've had like a new appreciation for Red, Red Hot Chili Peppers as just like, you can't deny it. They're just yeah. like, they existed. They're a band. And love them or hate them, they are their own thing. And no, no band sounds like them. Thankfully. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I yeah. kid you not. I went to Outside Lands in San Francisco with a friend, and we were there all day. And I was like, "It's time to go, man. I'm tired." And then we're passing the main stage, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I know this song. This song plays on, you know, cla- you know." Yeah. Cla- I'm not gonna say classic rock. <laughs> the classic rock, you know, it's like you know, uh, uh, Santa Barbara KJE and your cl- your alternative yeah. rock, you know. And I was like, damn, okay, this song is pretty funny. Let's 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 say for another. And then every song, I was like, holy shit, I really do know every song of theirs. Either I wanted to or I didn't want to. Like I know them because right. they're so popular. And they're they're right. they're fucking great, man. I don't know. I thought they were really good live. I'm not. I haven't listened to them since, but. Yeah. Good, good festival like, music, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I'm converted. Yeah, <laughs> but you also realize, like, I, I'm, I grew up in the '90s, right? So I'm always trying to think, like, I always think, like, man, '90s music sucks. Like, I always right. think, I always think '90s music sucks, and I, and I try to remember, like, what is '90s music, and, and like, and I think, like, I hate '90s music because, like. Like you, you sort of like cringe at a, a teenage version of yourself. And so right. you're just like anything that's going to remind me of being a teenager, like I'm going to put it in a box and like hate it. Um, but, but the red hot chili peppers, like, like how come their songs are like the songs of my childhood? Like how come, like I didn't, yeah. I never listened to them. Like how come like under the bridge or like all these songs, should we just spend the next hour just talking about Red Hot? <laughs> but I will, I will say this: that that's true. I love '90s music, but I was also a very young kid in the '90s, so I yeah. remembered it. But I remember it fondly. So when I think of the best decade of music, I always said in the past, "Oh, it's the '90s." It like got Pavement. You got all these other great bands in the '90s, and even some of the popular stuff like uh, Blind Melon was. I I used to love that song, and and uh, 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 New Radicals. Big New oh. Radicals fan, you know, right? So. Um, it's it's hey, always they it's different. I know, and they'll you know, and I'll take it. And uh, but <laughs> every decade's like that. I I kind of realize depending on who you talk to, it's always like, oh, that was like my dad's obsessed with the '80s. Like I'm sure his parents were obsessed with the '60s and the '70s. Like it's always like that. It's and it's like you said. I think it's uh, 
being reminded of yourself and really you're cringing at yourself, not the music. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's happening now. Like Y2K is coming back. All these kids who weren't really there are are romanticizing the early 2000s. And for me, that's when I was in junior high. That's the worst time. Nothing was cool. What is that music? Uh, Y2K is like Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, like when they were dating. Uh, what else? Smash Mouth. Uh, Smash Mouth's like late 90s, early 2000s. Like it's, I can't tell if it's like a, for the meme, for the, for the irony, or if it's like, you know, but most, most of this, uh, revivalist stuff is for the irony, I think at the end of the day. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. That's the next wave and emo music. Emo, emo is also coming. And for me, I couldn't stand that stuff in high school. Yeah. (sighs) But I get it. It's time to romanticize the past. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's kind of always time, right? Right. I guess the '90s are done. My my my. I had ten years. It basically lasted ten years that revival, and uh, I think it's done. And now we're moving on to Y2K. I don't know. I, I uh, that is crazy. That is crazy. And my sister's of that age where she she didn't see 9/11, so it's like something that just happened in the past. And it's like, can we talk about that? What'd you do that day? She's asking me what I did that day. I was like, I went to sixth grade that day. Like, <laughs> you're like, I'll never forget. I'll never day. forget where I was getting ready yeah. for the sixth grade. You know, <laughs> we had a big math test. That yeah. Day. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. I appreciate it, man. Oh, uh, speaking of outside lands, outside lands announced uh, they're coming back this October for Halloween with the pandemic and all that are you looking forward to shows coming back or will you attend the show in october will i attend the show i think well like i mean i miss like i'm i'm sort of like i I could see myself sort of being anxious around like oh too many people right but like but i think if you know when i get a vaccine I'll probably chill out a little bit um, because I really do miss like, you know, being in, in small places and being close to people. You know what I mean? Like I miss like, or like hugging a friend that you don't have to wonder like, how many people did you see in the last yeah. one? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like who's in your pod? Like mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. shit. Um, but like music, I mean, I definitely don't like festivals. Right. Um, and here there's, here's, they have like Russ Gilda festival, um, in Denmark. And so I don't know if I would just be like, Oh man, I really want to get back into a big live show. Cause I actually kind of hate live music right? and kind of like, don't want to stand around watching someone, but, but I also like probably just would like, like to go to a show, you know? Have you always um, been like that? So, or is that something that's coming along as you get older? It's just like, ah, eh, too much. No, I think I've always sort of hated live music. Um, I mean, I think during, in my twenties, I think I just did because yeah, I think maybe like, you know, we go to lots of shows and then we're just like, oh, I don't want to see this. Get burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just go like, Oh God, I don't want to. Um, but sometimes you see a good show. Um, I'm trying to think like, what was the last good show? I mean, the replacements, sorry to say again, but like when they, played, <laughs> When they played at the Palladium, they just like played all the the hits. Oh, that's awesome! Um, and that was that was like such a fun show. Or like um, seeing like Destroyer play, like they put on a great show. Or or like I'm trying to think of like a good. 
Um, I did see, fuck, I saw something really good that I was like, oh, that was really good. Um, but I don't remember. But there, right. it would be good to see like a, a good live band, you know? Yeah. I'm think yeah, I was thinking about I've been thinking about a lot of different uh things like about yeah, that initial going back into into a venue and it's full of people and it's like uh yeah. are we going to I don't know. I'm still going to wear a mask. I like that I didn't get a cold this year. I like oh, that I didn't get the flu or the cold like I'm I'm going to keep the mask on probably in large crowds still. Like yeah. I don't know what you got and especially if I'm sick I'm putting the thing on cuz I don't want to get anybody else the cold, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, these yeah, new like mean, social rules. Yeah, you're probably right. Like, I probably would. Like, I I think about um, going like taking my daughter to like Disneyland this summer. Right. And and I'm just like I I would really like to take her there and experience that. But like, I mean, they're going to be on limited capacity as well. So it's like, I don't know. I think. I am. I do get anxious about those things, but also sometimes I just like go full, like, like block it out and just go like, whatever, whatever happens is going to happen. Like, so I don't right. know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah. We'll have to see. No one really knows. So don't, don't feel too bad. But like, I mean, it depends like at that time, like how bad is the, whatever mutations going around? Right. Like, um, because if it's, if it's like something that they're, they're accustomed to and know how to treat and they're like, not a lot of people are, um, you know, dying or being hospitalized from it, then like, you just kind of like, we'll probably roll the dice and just be All like, right. Disneyland's worth it, man. Disneyland's or like, worth it. Yeah. Bread the churros, man. Like, the yeah. churros. <laughs> the bread bowls. Yeah. <laughs> the bread bowl. <laughs> the turkey leg. Yeah. We'll take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like about the Beatles. Um, yeah. What do you think about the Beatles now? Like what as like, you know, now that you're more of an adult and now you're like. And I've gotten more into songwriting and like understanding how difficult it was to tour that much and mm -hmm. still produce a quality of songs that's just like unmatched. Like, right. I don't know how the fuck they did that. I don't I can't write songs on tour like I'm exhausted and I have to think about the next show. I don't know when you have time or the energy to be like, oh, let me play more guitar today. Let me hear more music today. Like You have to do that in a, a Beatles accent, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to do more? More, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think about that and I'm like, oh, I have no idea how they did it, man. Like, Yeah, but they, I mean, they probably also were hugely supported by like their – like their managers, their yeah. Their the hotels were paid. the The vans were paid. Like they didn't have to think about like, no. oh, are we selling enough tickets in fucking Kansas this week? That, like you have to do the accent though. <laughs> if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do a Beatles voice or yeah. a Beatles inner thought, or maybe yeah. an American accent. <laughs> uh, but like I, like I always thought that, you know, people are always like, are you a George, a Ringo, a John? Ah. And, and I just, I always thought that like, oh yeah, Paul writes the good song, but then it was like, oh, but Paul's such a, Paul's such a Paul. Yeah, and then, totally. And then you're like, I think in, when you're in your thirties, you're like, John, you're just like, he writes from the heart. Right. He speaks truth. And then like, when you get in your late thirties, you're a little bit like, but it's George. Cause he was like. <laughs> and now uh, that you're in your forties, you're like, maybe it's Ringo with peace I and mean, love. I do want to say for I went like this. That's the Ringo, but I meant the George because he was like 
you know, this, this shall pass. Totally. Uh, but like, yeah, maybe when I'm in my forties, I will be Ringo and just be like, who cares, man? <laughs> Write me a song. You know what? <laughs> so I always happens. shout out, I always shout out, uh, the one Ringo record that I've really like listened to front to back. And mainly because, you know, John wrote a song on it. George wrote a song on it and Paul wrote a song on it. So it's like, Oh, yeah. it's a Beatles record. Basically. It's, the first one, right? it's like, yeah. The like first or second one. It has the Does star. With photograph on it? Yeah. With photograph. Yeah. 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 That one's the best. Yeah, photograph. I mean, yeah, photographs is a great song too. Totally. Yeah. But, but I think it is I think it is John. I think it is John too. Uh John's always been my favorite. Uh I love I even give his solo records that people are like, ugh, that's not a good solo record. Like, oh, like Walls and Bridges or whatever. That's or my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, can people would consider there's some duds on Mind Games aside from Mind Games, the actual song, like the rest of the record might be considered forgettable. But like, oh, my still... yeah, it's great. Uh, my uh, intuition is like one of my favorite John Lennon songs. I mean, yeah, but yeah, George, I mean, yeah, the George Harrison stuff. It, I didn't like really do a deep dive until like more recently. Mm. No, but like the later for my Beatles inner. Cloud like, Nine, where he's kind of like with the sunglasses, and it's like kind of dad, kind of daddy, dad rock. There's, there's some cool like soft, soft rock stuff that uh, that George was doing. I really like. I really yeah. like, those. Really they, like they, they, yeah, they, they he's, he's on to something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are you? What are you listening to now? What do you? Oh man, uh, I've been listening to the people on this podcast. <laughs> Anytime I get a guest, every time I get a guest, I'm like, okay, now it's Devin Williams mode, and I just listen to you uh, when I'm at the gym, prepping, thinking. <laughs> yeah, but the, I've I've been lucky to get some cool guests. Like Ron Sexsmith is awesome. I don't know if you've listened to him. Uh, yeah. He's a he's a great songwriter from Canada. I li- I've really got to dig deep into his catalog. Uh, who else came on recently? Uh, uh, yeah, lots of people, lots of people, lots of memorable guests, as like as you can tell. Um, but like, what if you like who? I'm not gonna ask you like who would you want to interview because I think that you're a you're a, a, a music lover, obviously. But like, so let as a music lover and not like a a content. Right, right. Content. But like game. what? Yeah, content. Game, what like what do you? You know, like, what I th- you-, you know what's funny is I thought about this. Someone, someone, on, I went on somebody else's podcast and, and they asked me, "Who's like your dream guest?" And it took me forever to like think about it. But then I didn't have an answer. I was like, "Let me get back to you on it." But now I thought about, it. dude, I want to talk to Liam Gallagher. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? Well, he's so he's so he nuts. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to hear him with the, you know get drunk, have a point. He tweeted yeah. some fucking crazy. Sh- he cra- he tweeted to uh, at six in the morning. Uh, today feels like a good day to get wankered in a pub, like pub in all caps. I'm like, all right, hell yeah, that is hilarious. I don't know. (laughs) I'm assuming very drunk. Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, like, what was the last record that you were just like that you just like want to just like put on and just like only like just sit down and just like listen to it? Like, like, have you? When was the last time you go? I'm going to like go home or I'm going to go put this record on and like read the lyrics to it and just yeah. be like, just be honest. That's a good That's question. That's a good question, man. Look around. I'm looking at my record. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that answer for you, man. I feel like I've been really detached from music recently. 
like I think know, I was, I think I was I was too and like something happened where not something happened it's like so dramatic I think <laughs> I I I wanted to like I felt like I don't know what it was but I was just like everything I'm saying is a lie I wanted to I was really into um, bebop deluxe which is like this mm. like this like sort of proggy sort of glammy like post proto like um like guitar band from the 70s cool and and i was like really like really like the songs are like really crazy and like and uh, like flamboyant and extravagant and i was like i just really like i remember just being very excited to like i wanted to go home and just like read all these like sort of like cryptic Mm. poetic lyrics and i like really highly recommend it because um not maybe specifically for their for them just because like the music is so is so wild and and also it's my version of wild it's probably not like it's like not melt banana wild but it's right, like right. but like they're just so it's and it's so and he plays guitar and sing like they're a cool. three piece and so he's and it's just like so like one person's idea of music and and his lyrics are really strong and so i i just remember that being like something that really like got me like re-energized to like sit down and enjoy music. That's what I want to say. It's like, crazy. I, I want to take time to like, just sit down and like have coffee and just like listen to this or like drink some wine all night and just like listen to records by myself. Like that is, that is like the thing. That's something I used to do when I was younger, but I feel like I've lost that along the way. Yeah. I'm now pretty- I, now I feel like I don't want, I don't know, at least for me, I'm like, I should like stay away from new music. I don't really want to be influenced by anything my friends are putting out or like anything from the past because I was DJing right before the pandemic and I was Mm -hmm. DJing several times a week listening to, you know, a lot of stuff. But like one song at a time, never listening to the full record, maybe one song off this record, another song off this record. And like I had a flow and DJing in itself is an art where I know these two songs will sound good together. So then I just associate those two songs together all the time now. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like music, my music listening habits have been weird, been kind of like. Also not, that, change, that like changes your like and sort of in a, in a good way like that could change like your songwriting. Right. Right. Because. Like if I'm listening, if I'm like, you have to sit down and listen to a full record and read the lyrics, then like, I'm going to think it's important to write lyrics in a record Mm. and it's important for me. But like your experience may have been like hit, hit after hit. Yeah. And that would make probably a more interesting record than than me who's saying like in a Spotify world, please listen to my entire record. In its entirety from start to finish. Yeah. No, I, I find, uh, I was even going to release a record. I was just going to release singles because that's kind of like where my head's been. And I was like, "Mm, how do I do that? Like, what's the music model for that? Cause I feel like, I mean, that's probably smarter, right? Probably where it's going, but like, Ended up being and I found finding mainly because I didn't have a label. I was like, okay, there's no label. I'm not gonna press these vinyl. I don't have money to press it into vinyl and make it a full realized project. So maybe I'll just do singles, make it a digital kind of thing. But then a label did come forward. Hey, we'll put this out, and I'm like, okay, now it's back to being an album. And uh, yeah, but definitely, I never thought of it that way. So it kind of felt like I was writing just for single, 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 single. And yeah, uh, kind of cool though. It's kind of cool. 
it's, I don't know. I don't know if I would like everyone doing that, though. Like, I feel like I would still miss the excitement of an album release, of all that. Yeah. If we all just did singles, I don't think it would be as interesting, as fun. But that, you know. I don't think it will. I think there will always be a place for the album. People will always want to put out albums. But what about like, but you know, like in the '60s when it was all about putting out singles, and, right? The 50s and bands and 60s, were just, yeah. yeah. And if they couldn't get, if they couldn't get enough like songs together, or like didn't have a big enough hit, they couldn't do a record. Yeah. And then, and even bands, some were like, "Oh, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna do singles." Um, and some bands didn't even want to do records, but like. I wonder if it could go. If I was 20 years old right now and I was just starting this band, because I started this band when I was 20 and I'm 30 and I've been doing it for a long time. If I was to do it all again now, but I was living in today's time, yeah, I wouldn't put out. Maybe I'd put out an EP, but like I would honestly just be putting out song after song after song. like Until yeah, I, I built know. something. Like, until, yeah, where is it all going? Where do you think where, it's going? Where would you like to see it go? I don't know. Yeah. Like, like uh, so I, I put out the last we slumberland put out the last record we put it out and like that's a record right and so i just go there's a record that's done and like do people like i don't buy new records like i'm not going i'm not buying new new bands music so why do i think like someone's gonna go out and buy my record so so that's like a little bit of a, a a conflict there and then and then for this last thing it's like it's an ep and i I don't i think i was like sort of testing myself because i think i didn't believe that there was any value in a a digital release Mm. so i did this thing and i think just to see how it felt because i think i was feeling like i think this is like where it's it's going or like to maybe more to be like to sort of like break that idea that i have that that music has to be out on vinyl to be music and that's like just not true because like nobody thinks that like no like maybe like me and you and like right like Jessica you know like <laughs> the people like, who love the culture the vinyl culture and the, and and if we're making music for a vinyl culture like we're idiots yeah <laughs> totally because like that's not what like right I, you know there's like a service that you can make a record one record for a hundred dollars they'll make one record for you like you're just better off doing that and just being like here's my record but yeah i sometimes think like it's probably just better just to like put a record put like make a collection of music and just like put it out there Mm. um digitally but then i also think like um like you know there are records that are not on spotify not on apple music like like singer songwriter stuff from the 70s that you cannot you cannot find online um, and there's like something of value to that. There's something of like, oh, it's not like been cheapened. Like, it's not something you can just like put on and like scroll through or click and just be like boring track, boring track. Like to to find the music, you like it, it sort of will have like a built-in like appreciation and value because mm-hmm. it's it's a tangible thing. And so. I some I sometimes think the opposite then like maybe you don't release it at all digital and mm. and like and you just have like a thing you just have 500 records in your closet and you're just like do you have an old phonograph right, and right. like I I don't know I don't know it depends what like your your goal is like is your goal to like I, yeah people hear your songs like then play shows like I don't know I mostly buy records at shows 
Like I saw yeah. a show. I'm like, hey, that was a good band. Let me go look at the merch booth. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, 20 bucks. I got 20 bucks in my pocket. Like, let me get that record. Like, and yeah. then I come home and I listen to it. Be like, eh, wasn't like, wasn't as good. Exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> eh. I understand. They're I mean, very live. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And also when you're at a show, you're like, I don't know, maybe had a couple drinks. Right. Or like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. that's a, It happens. That's a hard one. But, Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I had an ex tell me once, she was like, you know, here's your problem. You you idolize all these artists, you know, like Harry Nielsen and mm. uh uh Tim Buckley, all these all these random artists that people have forgotten about. You idolize them to the point where that's gonna happen to you. You know that, right? And I was like, uh because she's like, You love those stories of those forgotten songwriters and you think that's going to be you and you're going to be get up on that stage and you're going to be 50 years old and you're the big star reunion. You're a big star. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Do I think that way? Fuck. Like, do you think, do you think about that kind of stuff? Do you idolize artists was she, like that? Wait, was, she, was she saying like, was she saying that in a is- negative way? You should be shooting for more than just your ultimate dream oh. is being this, forgotten band and then i'll come out when i'm in my 50s or 60s and now people appreciate my records like i don't know like uh, i love like i can i can say very like honestly like i just love like good songs um that may like sound a certain way so i i love like hunting down music or like like using like finding something on Spotify that I wouldn't find or like YouTube links or whatever, or like friends recommending something or, or like looking at a cover at a a record store. Like, like I love just like finding a great song. And so when I think of, and then you find a record and you're like, who is like, like, let me try and think of something like who, like who are these musicians? Yeah. Like like cleaners from Venus is one of the best examples. I think of the last, like maybe five years, like more, more, more. I see every band in LA had a cover of like only a shadow at one point, you know? (laughs) But like, uh, I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of like something like, so like unnecessarily obscure. That's like, that you're just like, what, what is the story here? I'm I'm just like looking at my, a play like, okay, let's talk about, let's talk about like, like, uh, Randy Burns. Okay. Oh. So this is, this is, this is like, I, I don't know how I randomly found this guy. It's like a very, um, like sweet singer songwriter, earnest and like very like intimate. And, and the music is so like, so melodic. So like, first of all, you're just like, how did this, like, how are these not like, how is it not more well-known? Like mm-hmm. how is this person? And so I think of that and I, I, I just think like music is just like found. Like if you just like make music, like, and if it, it becomes like tangible, if you put out music, someone will find it someday. Right. And so, I mean, that's definitely not why I make music to be found. I think I like write music because I, I have this idea and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to like chase that idea until I complete it. But like, the, I think the reason why I'm okay with, with just like, with just like releasing music and not like re like not expecting anything in return is because it's just like it's done it's done it's out there like someone will find it and like I don't I don't really care who it is but right someone, I know that because I look for it so there I I'm not the only one like myself totally um, 
So, and whatever, like if it's in 20 years, like who cares? Like, <laughs> like who cares? Like, who cares? Like, yeah. Like the Rodriguez movie is just like, I mean, obviously there's some like falsehoods there, but like, like that story or like that legend of that is like, that's such a cool, like, that's such a cool little story. And, and oh, Cleanish from Venus, like, actually like lived in, like, I'm in a, this isn't a sort of embarrassing story because okay. I, I have like, I had access. <clears throat> I, when I lived in London, I was, I was also like email friends with Martin Newell. Mm. And so we would, we would email back and forth. And, and when I lived in London, I was like, you know what? I live in London. Like I want to come to, to your town. And I want to like, I want to, I want to like make a documentary about you. And so he was like, okay, come. And so I went and for two days, like we shot and I interviewed him all over. Like I, I, I interviewed him. He showed me where he recorded. <laughs> it's really like, it's embarrassing because I've never done anything with it. Oh. And, and I have this footage and like, he was so like gracious um, to like, let me into his world. And like, and, <clears throat> and I just like have not, some of a little bit of the audio, I think. And also I was at the time I was very limited in my avid right. um, video. So I was just like, I don't want anyone to fuck with this. Like I want to do this. And so in, in the time since then I've learned it, but like he very much let me in, showed me where he recorded all their albums. We even like the woman was like, Oh, you used to record here. Come in. And he was like, well, we've never, I've never, I haven't been in this house in like 20 years. Whoa. And so like we were there and it was, it was really cool. And like, and, he, and he's just a guy that just like has kept making music and like never really stopped to look back on it. And I think like that's such a cool way to, to be because, you know, he never, he, you know, and when they got yeah. like their, when they got their resurgence, he was like, Oh, like, okay. How about I just like make more cleaners from Venus records. And so like, he just like kept doing it. And so, and he's still doing it like, yeah. So he's awesome. And, and that's, that's amazing. And that's cool. That's amazing. Like, and so now, yeah, now you have this footage. Like, do you think you're going to try and finish it and just put it up on YouTube? People would love to watch that. I know it's, a, it's like a very dumb, like selfish thing. I totally should do it. What year, think, what year did you do that? in? I really shouldn't say it. Cause it's a long time. It was like 2012 or 13. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, since then he's like, people have done documentaries with him and actually put it out. But I think there was some there cause I saw those and those were very cool. Yeah. But like there was something different about like what we had, we had something different. No, um, <laughs> but you know, we, I also, when I lived in London, I also, cause like I do, I like, I have, uh, um, I'm like sort of fanatic about like those like obscure, like English, songwriters from 60s 70s 80s and so i also tracked down this um are you familiar with the band honey bus no so they're like a, a really great like like 60s group cool um and and the singer guy his name's pete dello and he has like such an awesome voice he's like his voice is like to to like a, a lay person he sounds like paul mccartney cool right but but he's like a little bit like he's it's like very more like sweet and up close. And he's like, he just got such a great voice. And so I just like became a like huge fanatic for like Pete Dello music. And, and my friend Sean would like give me his records and like, we would just share me. And so when I lived in England, like I was like, 
why, like, where is he? Like, why can I not find him? And so I just like, I did some, like a little bit of like research and I was like, Oh, his, I found out his real last name, which I don't remember. And then I Googled that. And then I was, I saw that there was like, there was nothing coming up in the Google searches. And then, so finally something came up about a teacher of music theory or something like that at this university in England. And so I wrote, I like logged into the school, like, like schools database and was like, Hey, are you Pete Dello? And he was like, what? And it was him. Hmm. And he like met me at a, at a library and I like got to interview him for like two hours and I never did anything with it. Oh. I think it's because I think I, I would like selfishly talk to these guys in a ruse of like, Hey, I'll make something for you. And like, but I really just wanted to sit and talk to Pete Dello about yeah. like skiffle and like what he, and it, it was like so awesome to talk to him and like, I can now say I've like talked to someone or like, like had a long conversation with someone whose music I like really, really love. That's kind yeah. of the, the vibe of the podcast, man. Like if, if I just had like some of these artists that I talked to, if I was like, Hey man, can I talk on the phone with you for like an hour? They'd be like, what the fuck? I'm busy. Like I got shit to do. It's like, well, what if it's recorded? And what yeah. if we talked about your oh, album? But, and it had, yeah, you but, know, I mean, Dude, are you familiar with the band, uh, with the band Nirvana, the 60s Nirvana band? <laughs> oh, the 60s Nirvana one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're another band that, that I'm like, whoa, this, like the 60s band Nirvana, their, their song Pentecost Hotel, like that mm-hmm. song, like that song like changed my world. And so actually something for LA Record one year where they interviewed him for something. And my friend was like, do you want to come like have drinks with with like um, the singer and, and, and I was like, Oh yeah. And so I remember going and like being like playing it like really cool. And I remember I was like, what's she, it was like totally casual setting. I was like, what's the song um, blah, blah, blah about. And he's like, I can't tell you. Oh. And I was like, Oh, and he was like, I can never tell what that song's about. And I just remember, I just remember being like, Oh, that was my one chance to ask a question. I fucking blew it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, I love it, man. That's so cool. Um, okay, let's talk about the record, your new record, and we'll wrap oh. it up. Go, 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 go. So it's My out agent. now. What was it? Were the was the EP? Were these songs from the same session as the album, or are these completely different songs no. that you just recorded? I think I was like, what can I like? What can I do musically that? I think I really was like, did I record these songs like the right way? So there's two songs from the record. Um, peace now and out of time that I was like, are these the right versions of the songs? Mm. Like I, I was like, they're kind of, they sound a certain way. And so I sort of like took apart the tracks and then put them back together mm. in a different way. And I was like, Oh, I think because one of them was about my dad. And I was like, it didn't feel like it, it didn't feel like the right um, message right. for me, for me. Um, and when, and I wanted to like, play it i wanted to like enjoy playing it and it just didn't feel like the right and so those for out of time and, and that song and then during working on those songs because like i sort of like just sit and like work on song and then i sort of like came up that's when we were moving here to denmark and so that's when i came up with this this like came up with <laughs> that's when the song the song across the ocean sort of came because it was like because that's what it was about but yeah. like that to me felt like a very like in a long time that just felt like a very effortless song that was like very like 
I didn't have to try hard and I didn't have to, I didn't have to try anything. I just like said how I felt. And I think it, like the word, the words came out and I just like really appreciated the simplicity of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other song, La 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 was from Euphoria. And I think we had just been playing it for so long and it just had changed how it sounded. And I was like, Oh, maybe that was like the right way to record it. Um, so I think that the EP was not made to be like, this is the right way, but it like came out of my like perfectionism or mm-hmm. wanting things or like having to explain, like it's just like wanting to get it right. Like, right. Right. Cause like when you, when I write a song, I'm just like, it's going to sound this way. And I'll be like, no, that's the wrong verse. And I'll like, that's why it took me four years to mix the record. It's cause right. it, I have this idea of how it should sound. And so I think, I think these songs are like the right way and now I can move on. <laughs> now you can move on. So now that you're moving on, are you writing right now in the lockdown? Like, yeah. So I think I have, I wrote to Mike from slumberland today and like, he's always so busy cause yeah. he's like, a, a real person and I was I was like I want to put out a record in January and he was like he's kind of like I think he was kind of like he knows me and he's like you say January I think you mean August yes. but like I really want to like get on it because like it doesn't have to take a long time to make a record and I just I'm just like feeling I'm like really feeling like I'm really feeling this like I'm feeling very like musical. Mm. Um, so we're talking January 2022. Yeah, but that probably won't happen. But I'm really like I really enjoy writing music, and like I really am enjoying these songs. And so I'm just like I really want to just like yeah for them <laughs> for, for them. the tracks. How to you yeah, know for the songs? I just want to like do it for them. And you know, trying to find studio time. Like how. Don't record, do studio. Don't I mean, do studio. Do it at home, but like, the, but like to record drums and and all that. Is that? Yeah. Don't don't do studio. Go to Alan's house. Okay. Go this to Alan's ba- go to Alan's basement. Wear a mask. Um, he'll put them on Logic for you. You take the tracks home. You'll add the tracks on. Um, you'll work on it. You'll you'll call Scott Cornish. You'll say, Hey, buddy, can you help me mix these? No, yeah. sure. I got a couple minutes. He'll send you a mix and then. Then you send them off to master. And then oh, there you go. And then it's done. Yeah. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, you got to pay him. You got to pay him. Of course. Yeah, yeah. People must be paid. Yeah. <laughs> People, must, People pay. must be paid. Except for the artists. That's yeah, you're, except you're, for you're, me. You're, you're kind of the last person who gets yeah. paid. I'm paid in enjoyment. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. Okay, let's wrap this up. Um, what's the best way for people to support Devin Williams in this moment? Uh, just to like send me an email. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to give you my email. Not you. You yeah. have my. Email. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just like reach out. That's what. I, yeah. That's all I care about. Just like reach out. Okay. Um, I don't. Re- I don't have like Twitter. I don't. My Facebook. I'm. Ba- I'm already banned from my Facebook. Oh wow. <laughs> um, my, my Instagram is not working. So like, I don't know. Just like reach out to me. Like I yeah, just reach I out. Talk about music. Uh, just, the the. Like, uh... The album, you can buy the album from slumberland.com or what can we do? How can we get the record? Yeah, oh, I think Bandcamp is like the most like efficient way to do it. But yeah, okay. you can get in touch with me via Bandcamp or or, or Slumberland or whatever. Hell like, yeah. let's, let's just talk about it. I love it. Well, dude, cool. thanks so, Google. <laughs> well, dude, thanks so much for talking to me, man. 
Yeah, thanks. Um, and I'll send you some, since you're a music lover, I'll send yeah. you some, some cool stuff. Cause yeah, I wrote down Randy Burns. Yeah, write down this one too. This is like the, the guy, of, the, the guy for me, Angelo Branduardi, like this Italian, um, this Italian folk guy. Okay. How do you spell his um, last name? Brand. Brand like Coca-Cola. Brand. Right. Um, Branduardi. U A R D I. Brand. Angelo Branduardi. Okay. There you go. Oh yeah, Branduardi. Okay, cool, sweet. Yeah, this album is amazing. All right. Awesome. Hell yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. All right.